Hey guys, welcome back to Is This Love? Today I am here with Zach and Anna. Hi. Hi. And we will be talking about love in Hollywood. As a reminder, this podcast is about teenagers finding out what love is and having crisis along the way. So let's get it. So first, I wanted to ask you guys, how do you think movies and television have affected your expectations of love and relationships? I feel like all rom-coms have the cute boy trope where it's like conventionally attractive boy who's a jock falls for the nerdy, like lovable dork type of girl. And I think that it's kind of unrealistic in that it presents men as like the need to be the perfect boyfriend. I think it also creates this idea, like, I don't really believe in leagues per se, but I do think that there's a point where you just can't feasibly get together because you're not in the same social circles. And I think that this creates sort of this unrealistic hope for some people that their crush will like them back, even though they don't ever talk to them or like they don't have the same classes as them, et cetera, et cetera. Because I think that seeing the jock fall for the protagonist only because she's the protagonist just kind of sets these unrealistic hopes for some people. So I think that in general, besides, you know, the Netflix original series, which is kind of already like its own brand of rom-com, another different brand of rom-coms are like K-dramas, right? (laughs) We love K-dramas. In K-dramas, it's interesting because it's always the same thing over and over again. So, like, mm-hmm. you had the main lead actress, right? And she's always, like, quirky, never has experience in love or whatever. And then you have this super hot Korean dude who's, like, the main. But mm-hmm. then there's, like, also his brother who also likes the girl. So it's, like, this love triangle, right? And then there's always, like, a dark twist to it. Like, some person is murdering someone while they're trying to find love and... It's just so unrealistic. Like, one of the K-dramas I watched, it's called What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. Oh, yeah, that's... And basically, they were kidnapped together as children, but they don't remember that they were kidnapped together. And then she turns out to be his secretary when they're older, and they find that they went through this traumatic thing together. And I feel like it's just so unrealistic, because that never happens. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes people get casually kidnapped together and then end up falling in love several years later. Like, what do you mean it's not unrealistic? They didn't even report it to the police. That was sarcasm, but I Uh, guess not. (laughs) (laughs) Anna tried. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) On the topic of love triangles, I think that movies and television have this idea they should, like, glorify someone playing by these multiple relationships and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But I also think that's not a healthy way to pursue a romantic relationship in real life because you should be honest with your feelings and you should be honest to other people. And that glorifying it can be somewhat damaging to people who are less familiar with how to develop real social relationships with other people. Especially if you look at like nice guy trope in movies, they're often glorified. Like if you look at like pre-2005 they're usually glorified as like oh that poor guy that always gets friend zoned and like you're supposed to feel sorry for him because he can't get the girl even though she said multiple times that she doesn't like him that way and would rather he not come on to her like that but I think in recent years we're starting to see a shift 
in the direction where nice guys are being called out for what they really are because they're not really actually nice they just want something from the lead right so i watched this video essay on the evolution of the nice guy and i think what they said was a shift really begins with 500 days of summer where the main guy really wants this girl named summer but he doesn't actually really want her he just wants the fantasy that he has in his head of her and i think that this shift in how the nice guy is portrayed like they clearly criticize the way that he fantasizes about her really marks like a cultural shift in the awareness that rom-coms of the past like the classic rom-coms are doing something wrong because they idealize all these tropes that are in reality like you said toxic that reminds me of titanic because now that i think about it he only really saved her because he was attracted to her i was gonna bring up the notebook have you guys seen that movie? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so in the first act of The Notebook, he manipulates her into going out on a date with him by threatening to kill himself. He was um, hanging on the Ferris wheel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember I was watching this movie with, like, um, my family and my sister and everything, and, like, I couldn't help but notice that it was being seen as something that was, like, incredibly romantic and, like, that, you know, there's a lot of people who are buying into it. Like, my older sister was thinking of it as some, like, romantic film, <laughs> which I think kind of ties into the idea of, like, these romantic movies putting these expectations on people, that mm -hmm. it's okay for someone to manipulate you into going out on a date with them as long as they're attractive. But that isn't the case. If he wasn't attractive, I don't think that the audience would have eaten it up as much, which goes into the idea of the unrealistic expectations and how those affect the audience, because the audience is more likely to forgive someone who's like conventionally attractive. And that also ties into the show, You, the show about oh, yeah. the stalker. <laughs> Zach loves the show. Um, anyways, the main actor has like said before that like, if he wasn't like a conventionally attractive white guy, then he probably wouldn't have been forgiven or glorified by his fans for his actions in the TV show. Wait, but people are actually forgiving him? Yeah, people are like kind of seeing him as like this like romantic hero-esque who's trying to like cut off all the toxic people in her life. Like he yeah, like <laughs> Twitter is kind of a scary place. It's like all the David Tennant fans like switched to the show You and were like, he looks attractive. Have you ever been on Tumblr? Yeah, have you ever been <laughs> on Tumblr? No. Things that people glorify on that app. But like, is I, I haven't watched it. I watched like the first 30 seconds and I was like, ew, this dude is creepy, right? But like, doesn't he kill all of her friends? Yes. So why is that romantic? Because a lot of people have this idea that, like, I guess they glorify toxic behavior as, as you know, like, as the actor said, they're willing to glorify or forgive toxic behavior if it's coming from someone that they themselves find attractive or that they themselves see as this, like, kind of romantic act when that isn't necessarily the case. Like in The Notebook, for example, it's not exactly healthy to manipulate someone into dating you by threatening to you know commit suicide mm -hmm. but it's seen as this like romantic act of love or whatever when that isn't necessarily the case because people are willing to buy into a fantasy and that affects their expectations of what relationships really are well i think that in addition to attraction i think that the reason why these tropes work is because they play into traditional societal concepts 
of gender roles. For example, in you. Okay, don't laugh at me, Sam. <laughs> but like Joe is quote unquote attractive because he plays into the sort of like alpha male protective boyfriend type of trope, right? Because I mean, some people see that and they see the like protective, not really protective behavior, but like the stalkerish behavior and they're like, "Oh, he's protecting her. That's so sweet." And like it also helps that he's, you know, like you said, white and attractive. But I think also like for like you mentioned in the notebook where he threatens to jump off the Ferris wheel. It makes me think of Bonnie and Clyde, you know. And people have this idea of like, you know, oh, the bad boy who's like tamed by like the good girl or like Oh, have you watched a walk to remember? That's basically like you explained it right there. Basically, he's like the traditional bad boy and she's like the church girl, like the horse girl, you know. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly he's all like oh, I love her, la, 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 and it, <laughs> and then it turns out she has cancer, but, like, and then she dies. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a fantasy for both people, you know, because the girls are like, I can change him, and the boys, well, I mean, this doesn't really fit in with you or the notebook, but, like, it's like, oh, if I act this way, then the girl will like me because she sees me as this romantic who will do anything for her, but really you're just asking for you know, legal by like protection against you. That's true. Considering I've been stalked, not completely stalked, not it's just like the high school version of stalked, right? <laughs> Following me in the halls, knowing where I am at all times. Like it's not attractive. It's very creepy. And like when they stare at you, it's like they're staring into your soul. Not in the attractive way. I yeah, think. not in the attractive way. I feel like attractiveness, if you stare at me and we're staring into each other's eyes, and we feel something, right? But w- <laughs> but when he stares at me, I just feel, like, creeped out. So here's another question that I wanted to ask you guys along the same line of how movies affect people's perception of a romantic partner or what is a good romantic partner, especially in terms of physical attractiveness. So there's this Netflix original reality TV series called Love is Blind, where basically the contestants are not allowed to see each other in the very beginning of the show. They can only talk to each other through this like thin screened wall, and that's how they get to know each other, and they decide whether or not they want to get married or not. Married? Yes. That, that's married. like a huge step. They're strangers, right? They're strangers, and they talk to each other, and then they decide whether or not they want to get married <laughs> within like a three-week time. So... What I first noticed about the show was that there wasn't really as much stakes as the show kind of presented itself to be because all of the contestants on the show are conventionally attractive. Mm -hmm. And obviously, before you get into a reality TV show, you have to be, like, screened and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And again, it, like, kind of glorifies something, like, would these people really still be getting married if they didn't find each other physically attractive as well because the whole point of the show is not to base it off of physical attraction but then everyone on the show is physically attractive yeah i think tv shows and movies create such a high expectation for who your partner should be in terms of physical attractiveness and well let's just say i've watched a lot of k-dramas and i mean hot korean men right (laughs) but i feel like if it's not them i don't want them what yeah. Really? Because based on your dating history, I would say that is not true. I didn't start watching K-dramas until this year. Actually, it's funny because 
I've noticed, I was like, Sam is like a lot less, mm, how should I say, boy crazy um, this year. And I was thinking, I was like, is it? Is it the K-dramas? And then Sam sent me like a couple texts about like, you know, her favorite male lead. And I was like, yeah, it's the K-dramas. <laughs> so I think the main takeaway of all of this, especially with like Sam's history with dating and her history before k-dramas and after k-dramas especially with like the attractiveness of the leads and stuff i think that we can all come to the conclusion that if you're looking for advice in love you probably shouldn't be turning to these rom-coms or these k-dramas because they're really there only as a form of entertainment they ask you to suspend your belief for a moment to believe oh you know two people kidnapped together can end up as love interests but that's never really going to be the case, isn't it? They just set these unrealistically high expectations for regular, ordinary people. And I think that it's not bad to watch rom-coms. I like myself a good rom-com. But sometimes you shouldn't believe everything that they say. And you shouldn't take everything they have to say about love to be the truth. So if you want to take anything away from this podcast, it's that love in Hollywood is not realistic and that you should find your own love and your own version of love. Thank you for listening. We'll see See you you next next time. time.